You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Wepa, what up, me gente? It's your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. And today we have a very special treat. These two gentlemen we're about to bring on, they're filmmakers, directors, they're authors, and now they got this awesome YA comic book via Source Point, uh, um, uh, Scout Comics, um, and but through the Scoot label, right? It's also coming out some Simon and Schuster stuff. I got to ask all these questions because this book is like, it's an amazing YA book, uh, that has a, a very cool theme, great characters, beautiful art. I mean, would you expect any less from, from these two amazing individuals? I'm, I'm saying. So let me introduce first up, Mr. Joshua Morgan and Mr. Don Hanfield. Epa, welcome, welcome, fellas. How you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for having us. Indeed. No, thank you for coming on, brother. And I appreciate it, man. That book, Unicorn, is fire for those <laughs> that have not had the opportunity to pick it up at their local shop because it is out now. So they could pick it up at their LCS. It's an amazing book. Great story. I can't wait to get into the origin of how you guys built this wonderful universe and team to create such an amazing book. But before we get into all that goodness, where are you both hailing from right now? Where you at? I'm in Los Angeles, California. I'm originally from Virginia, but uh, I've been out here for about 25 years. 25 years. And is, is it that hot in L.A.? I mean, cold because I mean, I'll tell you what, it was forty. It was it was like forty. Like that's cold for us. That's like below freezing for us, man. If it gets to be forty, that's like negative ten for anyone else in the world. It is. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, it, with forties, I'll be in chanclas and shorts celebrating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yes. I know, I know. You know, the blood's thin about, out here, no. man. Uh, what about you, Josh? Where you at? I'm also in. I'm normally living in Los Angeles. I'm actually in my my, my parents' house right now. Um, so. Uh, it, it hit 39 last night. So, um, you know, just a few hours north of Los Angeles, it got one okay. degree colder. So I just have to win. Uh, I have to beat them. <laughs> so beat I, me. Yeah. I gotta ask, is there your parents house? Did they keep your room or something? Cause. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is my, my father's office and he is a oh, former nice. puppeteer. <laughs> so. A puppeteer uh, work? Oh, that must have yeah. been an in- interesting household growing up. Yeah. I will, I'll just say yes. To keep it short, it was an interesting <laughs> household growing up. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, talk about your fandoms, Don. Like, you know, where did your fandom get birth, and how did it get birth, and who introduced it to you? As far as uh, our 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 love for comics, you mean? Yeah. As far as like what, how we, uh, yeah, what was your first taste of fandom? That's the question. So, whether because a lot of people find it through comics, yeah, whether or a movie or cartoons, and I always want to know who was the one that said, "Yo, you need to check this out." Or here, shut up, you know. Um, <laughs> well, I was raised by a single mom, and she couldn't throw the football with us, so she'd take us to movies, and we watch TV, and we, we she'd buy me comics and books, and you know, um, I grew up reading comics. Uh, you know, from a very young age, I had an older brother who read and learned how to read very young and stopped playing with me because he was reading. So I had to learn to read as well. And he had a lot of science fiction books. So I, I was weaned on like comics and science fiction and Star Trek TV show and Star yeah. Wars movies. I love it all, man. So I love it. What about you, brother? Josh? I mean, same. I definitely was a huge consumer of of comics and fantasy. But like, ultimately, I think that the spark that really lit it for me was were role-playing games, which I started, oh, really? started at a young age. And so it was, 
D and D and AD and D that sort of like really lit the fire for like writing stories that you could inhabit. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was, that was the portal, the gateway drug. Gotcha. And were you both able to find your tribes growing up, you know, to create that nerd click, if you will, when it was uncool? <laughs> you know, you know, I had a crew that I would go to like the comic cons with back when comic cons were just people selling comic books. And a real comic con. <laughs> yeah, real comic con. And then, um, you know, I got into high school and I think I, I, I shied away from it. It's funny because I told a comedian friend of mine, I said, I've been running from the fact that I'm a nerd my whole life. And he was like, it's found you. It has chased you down. It's beating you down like the black racer. It's beating the crowd out of me, man. So, but no, I mean, I embrace it, man. I love it. And my kids share it with me. I have kids now and I take them to comic cons and rent fairs and all that stuff, dude. And it's just, it's just so nice. And I think the culture has changed since. Since I was younger, when it wasn't like cool to be into the stuff that we're into, and now it's it is, and that's a nice shift. So it is. What about you, Josh? Man, did you get that tribe quickly? I did. I, mean, it was, it was, I did. It was very small, very loyal, <laughs> and, <laughs> and very consistent over a long period of time. I grew up in a in a really small town, and so you know the the kids that were interested in this stuff seemed tended to be the same kids that were interested in this stuff and everything. Um, yeah, but um, you know, we had one local comic book shop, um, and it was, you know, that was sort of our 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 place. Our just lair. one in your town. Just one in wow. our not just in our town, in the five towns in the. In oh, jeez, where? Yeah, so not not a lot. Of <laughs> and bless you, Don. Sorry, man. Wow, it's cold crazy. here. See, I told you it's cold out here in the, in the hinterlands of LA. <laughs> See, me growing up in Brooklyn, I had one, two, I had about three shops in Brooklyn, two wow. in Queens. Wow. That, you know, and we used to bite to each and every one. The, the Queens ones, uh, you might know this name, was the Continental Comics owned by Mark Carbonaro. Mike Carbonaro oh. before he did the Big Apple Comic Con. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, right, so, right. yeah. So he owned that shop. Oh. Prior, so I, we would go from Brooklyn all the way to Queens on bike, and they get chased down by cops because you know we didn't have helmets. It was fun. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a better childhood, is what you're basically saying. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was fun and dangerous, but I'm still here somehow. That's cool, man. <laughs> Great. So when did you guys start taking creative steps? Because you hear you guys, you find your fandom, you find your clip. When did you guys decide to start? You know, either picking up a camera or picking up a pen, uh, you know, and just start trying to do something on your own. Since I always start with Don, Josh. Leave it to you to start this one. Okay. Yeah, for me, it it, it started out with um, pretty early, and it started out not with with writing necessarily, but the representational arts. So I drew and painted all through high school and then actually was a painting and sculpture major in undergrad and kind of thought that the fine arts would be my thing and then realized how incredibly talented everybody in the fine <laughs> arts are. <laughs> and... Um, ultimately found my place in in the writing universe and that type of creating um relatively late i i oh, wow. i always knew that i, I what's late it. what's late college really was sort oh, of wow, really? yeah it was sort of when it began in earnest um <clears throat> i always knew that i would write stuff <laughs> like but i always assumed that it would probably just be for me and it was at that it was in that period that I actually realized that there were stories that I wanted to share on a broader scale and wanted to find ways to tell them. So, yeah. Amazing. What about you, Don? When you start, when, when did you start getting that creative spark? 
Uh, you know, I, I started as an actor. I did play. I did some plays in uh, elementary school that I really enjoyed. And then high school, I was into sports. And then um, in college, I got back into acting. And I was went to school for architecture. But kind of like Josh, I realized it was not quite what I wanted it to be. And I um, majored in theater and journalism and uh, was an actor. And when you come to L.A. as an actor, you're always waiting for people to call you to the party, so to speak. So. Mm-hmm. I started writing my own vehicles, like stuff for myself. Like I would like to create something. So I didn't just have to sit around. And uh, at a certain point I decided, you know, I had to choose between acting and writing and I just wanted to get, get really good at one thing. And so I, I switched over to focus on writing. So that would have been, I started writing a screenplays in college with film classes, but I really started to get serious about it after college. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. And was anyone encouraging you guys at that point in time, seeing how you guys were shifting from what you were doing to now stepping into this whole different world? Theodore. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, speaking to my father's chamber of puppets, like Hmm. I I had two very arty parents (laughs) who were, you know, definitely championing that, that transition. Um, But a lot of it was, you know, me, (laughs) frankly, like, you know, you start doing it and you, you know, I had had, you know, such a kind of cold feet in the water reaction to the painting and, you know, making this transition, it felt right. And I think that, you know, a lot of people just sort of start to feel that (laughs) they, that they found their place and that very much felt that way for me. Okay. What's it done? Well, for me, um, you know, I, an actor when your parents see you on like a you have two lines on Saved by the Bell, they're super happy, you know. Um the writing thing is a little more there's a little it's a little less tangible and harder to see. So I wouldn't say there was I mean my mom's always been supportive of whatever I wanted to pursue and um you know I think uh you know it just it was always just kind of a, a, a thing I kinda had to do. I don't know how else to explain it. You know, I wasn't a good English student. I just a uh, story to me is um it's like computer programs for human emotion. And I've always been fascinated by that. I think I've always wanted to understand it more and understand people and their feelings more. And uh, it was a helpful way to do that. You know, amazing. Amazing. So I want to know how did you guys wind up meeting? I want to know this story because again, I can't wait to get the focus on, on, on the book, but how did you guys meet? Well, I, I don't think if we, we don't give a mutual friend of ours credit for introducing, um, <laughs> she'll, she'll find us and, and murder us both. Um, uh, film producer Lauren Mays Vilchik, um, who produced the first Cabin Fever movie was working on another film and she actually introduced us, um, thinking that we might be, um, good collaborators on, on a, on a writing project. Um, oh, she, she played a little Cupid and, um, <laughs> And it worked. It worked. She, she started the bromance. Huh? <laughs> she started the bromance. She did. She did. And she, oh. she reminds us of this all the time. So um, 20 years later, here we still are, um, kicking out stories. I can't believe Josh has put up with me for 20 years, Alex. Uh, <laughs> I will say the same. <laughs> 20 year friendship, man. So Crazy. how many projects yeah. have you guys worked on together? We did, well, the first thing we did was she was adapting a book by uh, Carl Edward Wagoner, which is the Kane series. And I started, I wrote the first draft and then, um, like I was going on to another project I had to leave and she put us together. Josh came in and kind of did another draft and we were initially competitors for like the same job. So 
was a little it bit was testy. Evil line. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and then, why are you coming to my turf? And then, uh, and then she put us together. We sat down. I remember we were, I remember the place exactly on Wilshire. We sat down and Josh is also a commercial producer. So he sat down and had like a notebook and planned out. And I had this idea for this, what eventually became the source, which is the first comic series we did together. Oh, nice. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been working together on and off ever since, you know. Crazy. So how how did you guys even start meeting, you know, creating a team, if you will? Or, you know, besides just you guys, but I mean, building the empire uh, of creators that you guys have. Because you, you work with some amazing people in comics. So. Yeah. We, well, we had, um, you know, on The Rift, I worked, the first comic I did was The Rift. And I found this guy, Leno Carvalho, who was Brazilian, who did The Rift for me. And, and um, I wanted to work with him again. So when Josh and I decided to take the source, which had started as a screenplay, this sort of epic movie that we couldn't quite crack. And I said, Hey man, I had a lot of fun doing the riff. Do you want to do this as a comic? He said, yes. And we just, it felt right to have Leno come in. And then when we were doing this one, we were still finishing uh, the source. So we Leno was doing that. So there was another artist named Rafael Lerero, who's amazing, who, I worked with on the mall with James Hake at Scout oh, Comics. Great, what great comic. Hell yeah, yo. Some no, of the sickest you. covers I've seen. Oh, that. thanks, man. Yeah. yeah, Raphael is amazing. And so we, I went to Raphael with this and said, hey, do you want to do this? Since we had just finished the mall. And he was like, yeah. And I don't think he knew the, the incredible amount of work it was going to be. I mean, we didn't, I don't <laughs> think we knew it was going to be 200 pages when we started. Oh, when I saw 200 pages, I said, damn, that yeah, is dude. a big boy. That's a but, big boy. But it's a big boy that you were not put down i promise you i oh, promise you folks because i mean it's an amazing but i want got people to see i mean look at this a unicorn so talk and about that, this talk about so, i love the image here but unic why unicorn guys well you know I, first of all i just want to say this covers by nicholas ely who did my cover for the rift and he did the covers for the source for us he's a really talented designer and when he did this cover which was like early on in the development phase i was like wow we gotta we gotta raise the bar on the internals because uh he made a really what I think is an iconic cover that I love. But, um, you know, this this all probably started, uh, you know, I had kids and, you know, I'm in the film and TV business. I did a lot of stuff that, you know, the founder, which I'm I love the movie. I just don't think it, enough kids aren't going to watch it and be like, yeah, dad, that's cool. You know, it's going to put him to sleep probably. And uh, <laughs> hey, hey, dad, I need to take a nap. Put on your movie. Yeah, dad. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and, uh, and Nightfall was pretty violent. So I haven't I, they haven't seen any of that stuff still to this day. How old are they? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, 13 and 10. Are you haven't shown them that yet? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, no, well, I mean, you're, you're, you're a better dad than I, because you know, cause I've been trying to get my kids to watch horror movies since he was a little, a, a wee lad like myself. Yeah, yeah. I was watching horror movies since five, and my wife was oh, adamant. Wow. No, no, and no. Yeah. Damn. Now, now she, eats, she eats them up all by herself upstairs. So oh, I'm like, damn, cool. you ro- you're robbing me of the opportunity <laughs> to, to, you oh, know, no. to scare the shit out of you somehow. How dare you? I uh, know, I know. <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, I had that debate with – I made my kids watch Star Wars so young, like way too young because I was so okay. excited. And it kind of ruined them for Star Wars for a couple of years because, like, it was so scary. And they were, like, three and five, and I was just, like, forcing them to watch it. So it is one of the greatest joys to share, like, yes. your fandom with your kids. And, uh, and, and look, my kids are both – my they're both into comic cons and into, into nice. comics, which is a joy, but, uh, but really I wanted to make something for, for them. And, and, you know, and, um, that, that was kind of the first impetus. Job well done fellas. Cause I mean, just, just, just let me move my thing here. I don't want nothing to, to disturb this for a moment. Although folks, of course, you know, you want to get a copy, you got to go right there. All right. Or visit your LCS. But 
go right there too. Now look at this, the coloring, the the, the the art style, the character. I mean, look at this, gorgeous. So ex- explain the inspiration because this, the main, the lead character, she obviously has dealt with a lot of pain. Her and her father. I mean, that's kind of what got me hooked. I mean, you guys have captured the grief and, and, and the story so well. You guys again just had me hooked. I don't know, maybe maybe I'm becoming a softy as I get older. You know, I don't know. We all are, man. Well, we all are. I mean, we actually we looked at each other dozens of times over the creation of this project and sort of regrappled with the fact we were, you know, two fifty-year-old guys creating a unicorn book. And <laughs> every once in a while, there was a, a a reshaking of the tree. But um, the truth is, Don had gone to a, you know, a farm in Pennsylvania with his daughter and had come back with this sort of idea of like, what if there had been, um, you know, magical animals sort of kept in the middle of nowhere for secrecy. And at the time um, he was sort of presenting it as, as an offshoot of the source, the, the previous um, uh, project project that we had done. Um, And, you know, it was sort of this great idea. I, it was more his than mine and it didn't really have a, like it didn't have a heart beating in it <laughs> really yet. It was just sort of a, a set of circumstances. And then um, both he and I very unfortunately left, uh, lost um, a series of parents in a very short period of time, uh, which meant, that, yeah, it's hard. And I which meant ultimately that our kids, my kids and his kids were losing grandparents and um, you know, us as friends talking about that and as fathers talking about that with our kids, it sort of really kind of quickly came together that that was the missing heart for unicorn, that it was, you know, it was ultimately going to be about grief and it was going to be about loss and was going to be about that schism that can happen between a parent and a child when they're both mourning, but in different ways. Um, You catch that, that so well in those opening pages in the car ride. You know, as they go into the emotion, and I see it. I'm like, damn, poor little girl trying so hard to kind of like walking on eggshells. <laughs> yeah, that's, what a tough life. What I captured from her, damn. Mm-hmm. Deep, deep, deep stuff. So you, you guys obviously then put a lot of that pain and grief you were feeling into this because I've, I, I felt the emotion in it. Well, thanks, Al. That was really the hope. I mean, that was really the hope is to sort of, you know, try and show different reactions to grief. You know, the you know, even the the horse the, has one too. Um, they they they're all <laughs> kind of very robust. We hope, yeah. You know, emotional creatures that you know ultimately get to a a better place. I mean, and how did you even come up with the creature concepts too, and, and the food? I mean, folks, wait till you read this. It's the wackiest thing, but then it's, it's hey, it's the world of magic. So you know, I mean, you got you got to love it. I, I dug it. <laughs> Yeah, I think as far as the, I mean, one of the things too we wanted to make sure was that it dealt with grief in a way that wasn't like really super heavy or would like be a downer. We wanted to kind of keep it kind of hopeful, but also authentic, you know, emotionally authentic. Um, but as far as the magic side, I mean, I think we really just with this, you know, it was in, it, spiritually inspired by the source, which is like magic in the real world and based on reality. So every, if someone's doing magic, we try to tie it back to real folklore or real history or real religion. And so we kind of using that formula here with, with unicorn, it's like, how do we make this realistic or real in the sense that it ties into something either from a mythological or folklore or legend standpoint or from just a kind of common sense standpoint. So 
for us, it, it was like, you know, I saw a horse with a fly bun on its head. I imagined what if it had a bump under there that was a sort of mm. a unicorn horn that had been taken off. And then we were like, well, if they're taking their horns off, they can't be, as, if the unicorn's so powerful, people want to find it. You know, we came across stories about like conservationists in, 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 uh, Africa would take off rhino horns or elephant horns to keep them safe from poachers. So we kind of took that premise and said, well, what if they did that with a unicorn? But then how would that affect the unicorn's sort of, you know, ability to protect itself or its power? And, and, uh, and that became it. kind of the, the plot line. I'm a fan of unicorns now. I'll tell you that much. You know, cool, man. this unicorn is definitely would bust any bronies, you know, little <laughs> ponies. But for real, this is a real. This this is the style I want. <laughs> cool, man. It's dope. It's dope. And like you said, it is a hopeful book as well. Because again, the story it it runs the gamut of emotion. And again, and it's, and it's, you guys can capture this in written form with a beautiful art. Mm. Job well done. And I also understand. This already is like option, kind of, for something. Well, like, yeah, what's the idea? What are we talking about, man? Because you know, you I, you heard me before the show started. <laughs> I want to see this everywhere. I need a T-shirt with the unicorn mm-hmm. like that, and that nice sky yeah. blue. That shit would be dope. You know, I mean, what I do we got coming? Well, we um, there's a company called Armory Films uh, that did a movie called Mudbound uh, that was nominated for a couple Golden Globes. They did a movie called Peanut Butter Falcon that did, did really well in the indie space, and they have uh, come on board to produce the film. Um, we have this amazing uh, and talented director who's come on board named Debbie Berman. Debbie was the editor of Black Panther, Captain Marvel and Spider-Man Homecoming. Incredibly, incredibly talented. And this is, this will be her directorial debut. And, and we've been working with her for some time and she was just really helpful throughout the, the process of developing the script and doing all that stuff. She's incredibly smart and talented. And uh, our hope is to be shooting uh, next year. You know, we got a little bit held up by COVID and, and we are, but we are hopeful to keep um, put this put this forward uh, in the new year. Were you guys doing this project during this COVID period? We were. We have been working. Well, yeah, we were working on this and fulfilling and stuff too. So this started as a Kickstarter. We did a Kickstarter, okay. and and then that you know we were delayed by COVID, delayed by the incredible amount of art that had to be done because we kept making it longer. We sort of <laughs> then we asked our backers at some point like, look, do you want this longer or do you want it sooner? And everyone was like, just make it longer, make it good, and. And we, we, we were doing all the fulfillment and getting all that done. So we, we finished this project over COVID, yes. So I'm, I'm curious because it kept getting bigger. So what was the original idea page-wise? Or were you going to do like, you know, four-issue series? Yeah, I was like a four-issue series, like maybe like 100 pages. That was the plan. And then uh, this, as we, he went double page. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as we as we went forward, man, it just got bigger and bigger. And, and you know, we wanted to kind of build it out and. And, um, you know, kind of tell the story the right way. And, um, you know, and then Rafael, you know, bless him, stayed with us through the journey, you know, the double, double, twice as much work as he thought it was going to be. So I, I, I can't, I could imagine that his forearm, one of his forearms is much bigger <laughs> than the other after all these pages. Like, yeah, Popeye <laughs> on one side there. Yeah. Looking like Quagmire in that episode. Uh-huh. Uh, you know yeah, what I mean? exactly. <laughs> exactly. What happened to Quagmire? He found the internet. Oh my God. That <laughs> 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 episode for me is the funniest ever. But again, you know, it's great art. I mean, who does the coloring? Is it also the artist? Is he like a one and done package or do you have? No, no, we colors? had, um, the art was the, the art, the coloring was done by DJ Lima and the, uh, lettering was done by DC Hopkins, who is a frequent Whoa. collaborator of ours. Yeah. I, I see DC's name everywhere. Yeah, DC's. But yo, this coloring, it, it pops so much. Gorgeous. How did yeah, you D- find them? <laughs> uh, DJ was 
found by Raphael. Oh, no, we worked with DJ on The Mall, I believe. I think I worked with him on The Mall. DJ's done a few books for me as well. He's uh, a talented Brazilian colorist. He's doing stuff for Marvel now. Hey, look at that. Come back to India. That's where it's at, kiddo. Stop yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is such a great looking. And look at this. So, so is, is, did you get this from anywhere? This type of magic concept here and breakdown? Um, I mean, we look so well, legit. <laughs> yeah, well, we, you know, this is like, I think uh, two things that play here. One is the, um, I had mentioned that Rafael Luero, when I, when I first started, when I f- found Rafael, he sent, he had a few pages in a portfolio that I, I loved and I reached out to him and he was an architect. That was all he had done was these three or four pages that were amazing. And, um, he was an architect who wanted to do comics. So the mall was his first comic series. And you can see in this drawing, this is the technical expertise he has from his architecture background. So he can do the, he did all the art here. He did the stuff on the page and he did the the stuff around it. So, um, I was always fascinated with like Da Vinci and codex and stuff like that. So we want to create something that was like, if, if Da Vinci had found, uh, you know, unicorns and sketched out what they were like, what would it have been? And, and this book here to explain to people is, is a scrapbook that the mom left uh, her daughter to explain the, it's sort of like an instruction manual for a unicorn, but it's kind of in code and it's hard to figure out. And that's where she needs her friend group to help her kind of figure out what's behind it. So you need, you need to print this in real life now. Yeah. Yeah. But once the movie comes out, this is going to become like the biggest thing that everybody wants. That's the hope. hope, So, and look at that. This this is an all cover. Oh no, there's actually, there's another scene, a crazy awesome scene, but yeah. Um, And and look, look, look at the homie, you know, full fledged, Love it. Yeah. Love it, though. That's gangster. <laughs> and, and that's where you could get that book, folks. All right? It's an amazing book. I mean, how did you even uh, start working with uh, Scout? Because Scout has been, like, murdering Indy, doing amazing titles. So how yes. did I even get involved with them? Well, you know, I after I did the Rift, I was at San Diego Comic Con and taking meetings with companies as a producer. And I met James Hake, who I want you to meet down in, down at headquarters. And uh, he had just started working with Scout, and he pitched an idea for a book that became the Mall. And I just loved the idea. And I said, uh, I loved it so much that we worked on it together. So I talked to James every day, and he would tell me what he was doing with Scout. And, and initially, I was like, Yeah, okay, man, whatever, because a lot of what he said sounded like. Like it would never happen. And everything he said happened. And um, after like a year or so of talking, he was like, hey, man, do you want to join us and help out with the media side and interfacing mm-hmm. and doing what you do? And I did. I joined I joined them in 2019. And and when COVID hit, you know, Scout just kept growing. And, and we had a couple things during COVID that, you know, our printer is right in, in Fort Myers. Uh, we okay. print with Comic Impressions. And James, that relationship is very um you know, we were one of the, we were the first comics they ever printed and we kind of helped them build out their comic business. And they've been great for us as a, as a publisher. And James is also just really business savvy. So as far as shipping and fulfillment and, and all that stuff, we have, I think we do it better than anyone else in the business because he just is, uh, has a business mind and has, you know, created a, we have 12 people full time, uh, fulfilling orders oh, wow. down in a 5,000 square foot warehouse. Wow. And um, a couple of different product lines now. We started a, uh, a thing called Comic Tags, which is digital comics that come on a little card like this right here. See, this is the mall. It's a little it's a little oh, comic cool. book, but you open it and inside is this little little uh, card. And the card has a code on the back that leads to a digital comic. It's actually cheaper than a digital download, but you get this little collectible card. And, and that's because we wanted, you know, I, we, I collect comics. And yes, digital- thank you. 
Thank Digital's, you. Digital is hard to collect, so I want to. I want to collect. I wanted to collect this instead of uh, just you know something yeah. I can't touch. So. Oh God, that means I gotta pull out my old card book, you know, and yeah, get man. some empty slots and start putting it in. That's good, man. Cards. Well, when you go down there, man, they're gonna give you a bunch of stuff. And then we started a, a toy line called Tracker. They're actually a Kickstarter for that going on right now. I've for, seen those. Those Tracker toys yeah. are so cool. Yeah, Phantom Star Killer the, the, yep. with uh, killer bootlegs and and Joe Schmalky. Which is looking really cool. It met the goal in like a day and a half and, you know, it's still going on. There's like about, I think another 10, 12 days on that. Um, Are we going to yeah, get so, a unicorn action figure or what? You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's something we've talked about and that might be in the, there's a mall action figure um, that we're, we're in the works on and we're definitely nice. going to do something for the unicorn in the future. So I would love to say with the removable thing that way, hey, powered. Di- Depowered, overpowered. Yeah, yeah, man. That's, that, that's the plan, man. That is the plan. So, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, because again, I love the book, and I see there's so much more story to tell. Because when people pick up, you're gonna see that there's so much more story to tell in this universe. Are we gonna get more books down the line? Yeah, the plan is to do uh, at least three books. And three. We have. Three two hundred pages. <laughs> three two hundred pages, man. That's the thing, you know. We got Raphael still in his his arm still in traction from the last one, but we're gonna we're gonna put him back to work soon. Um, yeah, the plan is to do uh, the second book, which is um, them going and you know it introduces it kind of broadens the world a little bit. You know, there's one unicorn in the first book, and they're gonna you know go to try to find another one in the second book, and then uh, the third book is um, you know gonna be. Those two have a a little unicorn. So. <laughs> hey! <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that's the basic plan. And then we have we have ideas for other books in this same universe that that you know other animals. Ooh, yeah. So. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah. You you gave us a hint there in the farm, as you said. There's a multitude of animals there. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, you know, uh, when we meet the, the the villain, which looked like such a cool little old dude. That ones mm-hmm. up being such a scumbag. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. th- was that, you know, modeled after anyone y'all know? Because, gee, because he, he, he did like a 360 real quick for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, I hate this man. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you know, that, that character developed, you know, I think as we did it. And I think the, you know, what we always try to do is even with the bad guys is make them sort of relatable. And I think that's a guy who's chasing youth, you know, he's chasing immortality. And I think we kind of, you know, and, and if whatever means necessary, you know, maybe he was inspired a little bit by that guy, Ray Kroc on the wall behind me. (laughs) He'll do whatever it takes to, uh, you know, to get, get what he wants, you know? So. Man. How much fun did you have in the process, Josh? Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, a ton. I mean, first and foremost, just, you know, having come from, you know, the film and TV space where most everything I touched, never had a physicalized form. It never had a physicalized life. It was, you know, um, you know, it was just so exciting to know that like this was going to exist in the world. Um, you know, a lot of it too, you know, like Don, um, I have a daughter. And so like, like watching her relationship just with the subject matter unicorn (laughs) change (laughs) over the course of the, over the past six years. Um, you know, she kind of went through her unicorn phase in a blip. It was, you know, like three months and then it was kitten stuff. And so, you know, it's really exciting to know on the other side of that, we had a book that was going to pump new life and new energy into that mythology for her specifically. Um, but honestly, it's just a lot of fun working with Don. Like it's, it's, 
lot of late nights and a lot of crazy, but it's it's mm-hmm. really satisfying process. Fun. Have you guys had the opportunity to hang out together, you know, in person and have that powwow, you know, in, during this COVID time? Or we we've we've done a, a few very carefully masked book signings. Um, carefully masked. <laughs> and, and they probably wore a body condom, right? Jeez, yeah. with a mask on the yeah. Diligently wrapped in bubble wrap, sprayed mm-hmm. head to toe in Lysol. <laughs> Um, but, um, no, we, we've seen each other just a, a couple of times, but, um, looking forward to the world re- returning to something more akin to normal and please, right? Please. Yeah. So, I wanna, so yeah. are you guys going to do any conventions in 2022 where we could get you to sign this amazing book? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll be at, uh, definitely be at, at San Diego and New York and LA and WonderCon, um, next year so, okay, so no, nothing for the rest of this year though right like comic con revolution is this weekend uh nothing for the rest of this year okay you're done that's it's on holiday and the family will kill you if you try to go out on the holiday i guess that's right pretty that's why i didn't do san diego well. they did it thanksgiving weekend could you imagine say okay let me cut the turkey hey family i gotta go to yeah. the con. hell no I, I, i'd be disowned <laughs> I, I, I was there i was spending things my wife's family's from san diego so it was oh, really lucky easy. you a little easier for me so uh, you know, i got it got me out of some family obligations i gotta go to a comic con <laughs> oh i gotta sign it i have a business <laughs> yeah exactly later you're not <laughs> even having a watch you're like, have a business meeting yeah exactly but uh but yeah no it was it was an, it was a uh you know i'm glad they did it but yeah it was a the timing was it was a bit unusual but you know i'm hopeful hopeful to be back next year regular time and okay. back to what that show always was which was the greatest greatest show on earth as far as comic cons i've only gone once in 2019 and i hope to go again but i'm curious yeah. here because you have this sword back there oh yeah that keeps where is that sword from it looks pretty dope that's the sword from Nightfall. So I Whoa. co-created a show called Nightfall, and that's the that's the sword the main character. The actual has. sword from the show. That's the actual sword, yeah. Cool. And, and the, it's got the little. You take the thing off. It's got the little glass thing in it too that he put through. I don't know if you saw the show, but it's got a little secret ooh. compartment in it. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I could. Ca- ooh, I need one of yeah. those in my house. Yeah, yeah, man, that's good. <laughs> Traders come in. I can grab that guy and. That's what oh, I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, when the when the when the first boyfriend comes to the house, you can sit down in your office, have him right. come in here, and you just start like you know sharpening right. it. So what are you taking her tonight, kiddo? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Except what time if are you I have be the, back? if I have the gauntlets and the helmet on, he might it might be less than intimidating. He might actually just be like your dad's a dork. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. They, God damn it, your dad a nerd. <laughs> dad's a nerd, man. He's shining his armor. <laughs> What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> Well, yeah. well, actually, I would have him walk in and shine my arm. Boy, if you want to take out, you better clean my armor. That's, That's how right. That's you right. get them not to call you a nerd and holding That's the sword. Right. Like, That's don't, right. Don't, don't question it. All right. That's cool. So, um, so we got the books coming out. We got the, the scout stuff. Uh, we have stuff in the future. We have this stuff in development, hopefully for next year. Is there a casting call? Uh, we, we, what? Well, we started, we, we have an actress uh, that we we have for the lead that I can't announce yet. No, no, no. But you have something. And great. Yeah, yeah, and we're also okay. and we're and we're starting to cast the other parts. So yeah, we're oh, trying great. to cast the bad guy and and uh and the dad now. So, Ooh, do you yeah. have an ideal person you would want to play the villain? Ooh, hey, <sighs> both yeah, of them are a like. Ooh. I mean, there's a couple. Yeah, I hate. I wouldn't want to say because. You know, let, yeah, let's not but, jinx yeah. it, but you know, yeah, okay. yeah, but you yeah, absolutely. Have. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, you know, I think it's a fun part too for an actor, and it is, and, and something that you know could continue. So, um, yeah, we're, we're excited about that part. Look, I mean, the beauty of, you know, like Josh was saying, we've both done a lot of, um, screenplays and 
I've written screenplays for every studio pretty much. And, you know, five people have read some of them and no one will ever see them again. There's something gratifying about making a, a graphic novel or a comic that comes out into the world. And then you're less, um, you know, the, the movie's great. And, and if that happens, great. And, yeah. but, you know, we're sort of, we're satisfied with sort of having an end product that we can get out into the world for people. So that's what I love about the graphic novel. It's basically a storyboard because some people just yeah. don't see the vision when you write the screen. Yeah, yeah, you give them this book. Now they see the vision. Oh, I yeah. get it. Because we're also selling to some people that just don't understand our nerd culture. I That's mean, true. you guys yeah. were acclimated in it, but there's so many that just, yeah, yeah. it wasn't their thing. You know what Yeah, I mean? absolutely. Like you said, they're yeah. writers. They're just yeah. professional writers and artists. Bougie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. You guys are the cool totally. kids. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> you. Thank you. That's what I want to say. Thank you guys, bro. I mean, both as being creators and taking uh, those steps. You know, that, that's, those are both steps. That's very brave of both of you to put your work out there, you know, to be charged by so Thanks, many man. people. But you guys do amazing work. You know what I mean? Well, so thank just, you, man. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me thoroughly entertained. I mean, this yeah. book, you already said it. You know, my team has seen most of y'all books. And this is the, this is my time. I said, nah, I'm going to, my team has had, has enjoyed you. I'm going to enjoy this book. No one is going to have it. Let me look at it. <laughs> I will read so, it. And I'm going to interview them. So. And, Again, so, I fell in love. So Al Mega recommends this book wholeheartedly. This is a great awesome. stocking stuffer for your kid, too, because it's a YA book, but not necessarily meant only for YA, because look, at my old ass loved it. So, so right? man. Well, well, thank you, man. And thanks for having us, dude. And thank you for what you do, man. It's so important to support indie creators and get the word out. And what you do is great. And like I said, you you did that for my first book, The Rift. And you know, I ended up selling that to Steven Spielberg. So oh. thank you for the thank you for the amazing review. You know? nah, man, God bless. Shit. Hey guys, write 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 some good stuff about me now. My team. Like, <laughs> right? Shit. Yeah, we you will. got Steven Spielberg to look at you. Now I need my time to talk good about out. Now I'm I love my team. My team is awesome and they're constructive and they're smart and how they how they write. And actually, we're real fans. We're not cool. here to say I hate it. Okay, why? Yeah, I, I, I you know, my yeah. boys, that's why I love about my team. They're very constructive and just honest and real. We're not yeah. here to bash nobody. We want every book to be a kick-ass book, you know? But if we have an opinion, we're going to share it with you, and that's that. But when we love something, we love it. Like, I love this. That's cool. for sure. Well, thanks you know, so much. That's you know, awesome, man. Josh, Don, you guys are amazing. Please, guys, go to Facebook and Twitter. It's Unicorn Book. And on Instagram, Unicorn underscore book. All right? But follow them. Show the love. Tell them Mega sent you. Go to your local comic shop. All right? If they don't have it, tell them to order that bad boy for you. Trust me. Your your kid will love you for this, you know. Whether it's it's a girl, boy, don't matter. They're gonna love it because it's 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 a great book, a great uh, cast of characters. God bless you guys on this journey, man. I can't wait to see the film. I can't wait to get volume two because when that when the film and volume two come out, I need you guys back on. All right, okay, cool, man. And Sounds good. I, yeah, because then finally you could tell me, yeah, well, I I cast this person because since you can't tease me now, <laughs> so I want you back for that. Awesome. I definitely okay. want to discuss the amazing team. And with that, folks, it's Big Josh Markin, Mister Don Hanfield. I am Al Mega. My outro tells you everything you gotta do. Thanks for hanging out. All right, hasta la próxima, mi gente. Much love. Thanks for having us, man. Take care. Bye bye. Much. Bye.